Welcome to this conversation. I'm your host, Teresa Keller, and my guest today is Dr. Susan Patrick. Dr. Patrick is Director of Childhood Success at the United Way of Southwest Virginia. We're doing this interview by Zoom, and before she clicked on her video of live video, there was a little poster that showed up that said, help them get ready for school. So we're going to be talking a whole lot about childhood success, children, child care, all kinds of issues related to children in Southwest Virginia. May I call you Susan? Yes, absolutely. Okay, Susan, thank you so much for being with us, Susan Patrick. Let's just get started about your title is pretty phenomenal. You're the director of childhood success for this whole region. So if any child fails, it's all your fault. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yes, it is. So what do you do on a daily basis that leads toward increased childhood success? So here at United Way of Southwest Virginia, we work on a cradle to career continuum with different kinds of initiatives and supports for children and families across the region. Obviously, childhood success is at the cradle side of the continuum. We work with childcare providers, other early educators around the region, over 1,100 people that we work with day to day who we are providing for support, for how to interact with children. We're giving them ideas and tricks and tips for their classrooms, professional development. But in addition to that, we spend a lot of time meeting with different partners across the region to really talk about early childhood and how it impacts everyone. And it's not just an issue for someone who's working in childhood care or working in early education spaces like a preschool or or a child care center. That's enormous. I want to bring it down to just the nitty gritty level and tell you about a revelation that I had. When I was in graduate school, I had a roommate who was an elementary school teacher and she came home and she was talking about her students. She was, I don't know, it was first grade or something, maybe second. But anyway, she was talking about the difference in kids. And I said something like, well, what, why are some so more advanced? And she said, you'll laugh at this because it's so simplistic. She said, well, because in some, some families, they don't read to the kids. They don't talk to the kids. And so people come in at this early level and they're behind already. I mean, you say you meet with, you talk with, how does it get to the level of the child and what's happening with the child through your programs? Children don't grow up in a vacuum. They um, are a product of all of the things that are happening around them. So they're a product of the interactions they have with their families inside their home, but also on a larger scale, they're a product of the society that we build around them. So the childhood success team really works to build a more resilient community by improving the quality of early education experiences through all of these interactions that we have with teachers of young children. By thinking about what do children need to be healthy, it might be high quality food, it might be access to um, an early learning experience like a childcare center, preschool, um, or other initiative like that. This really, the whole idea is behind developing children that are physically, socially, and um, emotionally healthy. So we have initiatives um, that present them with new ideas around how to make friends and how to be a good person, because those are 
big pieces of building the society around a child that can be successful. But you're on a level removed from that. So what do you say to teachers? Do you have a team? You bring in teachers to you or do you go to the teachers? And what do you say to the teachers about what they can do about this physical, social, emotional? How do you get to the student? United Way of Southwest Virginia serves as the regional hub for all of Virginia's VQB5 efforts. So VQB5 is about Virginia quality, birth to five. This is an initiative where all childcare, early education, preschool, whatever you want to call it, is unified and measured by the same tool. This tool is called the CLASS. It's the Classroom Assessment Scoring System, and it measures the interactions that teachers and children have with each other. So our teachers using the time that they spend with children in a high quality way, um, teaching them concepts and language and good social skills, is the time valuable and well spent. So we use this tool to measure those teacher-child interactions. And this tool has been used all over the state of Virginia right now. Every single licensed childcare facility Preschool, school-based program, Head Start program, family day home, anyone who's taking any sort of public funding right now is being um, assessed using this tool. It's happening all across the state. And we are the region um, one or the Southwest region lead agency for that. So my staff does a lot of observations, but we don't just stop there. We also provide professional development. So it might be a class, it might be a one-on-one coaching session or mentoring session. We might connect a teacher with a coach from another organization and one of our um, statewide coaching partners. And they get one-on-one attention to say, if if you are not um, having really high quality interactions around concept development, for example, then here are some ways you can do that. Here are some ways to implement that in your day-to-day work in the classroom. So we don't get to the child level from our organization. We do get to the teacher level. And those teachers make the big impact after they've been trained and taught how to um, you know, provide really high quality learning environments. Okay, you can see how I'm so simplistic. I've got to get get it down on, you know, the level that I can understand. Give me an example of a a teacher who's working with a student, but they're they're not reaching the high quality of communicating a concept. Can you give me an example of how you would say to a, a teacher this concept of, I don't know, altruism, generosity? What do you need to do to do better at that in your work with the child? So I'm going to take it one step lower than that. I'm going to talk from a toddler teacher perspective. So if I'm a teacher of toddlers, they're two years old in the classroom. I very much need to be focused on development of concepts, big ideas for children. So one thing that a toddler teacher often does not think about is how do I get to an understanding about what I know how to do? All right. If I pick up this cup and I want to close the lid, I just do it and I don't think about it. But for a toddler, this is a concept that you need to learn about how you think about how I perform an action. So as a toddler teacher, I might coach that teacher 
to say, I'm going to pick up the cup and I need to close the lid because if I don't, my water will come out. So I'll just push on the top until it turns over and I hear the click. And now I know it's closed and my water won't fall out. So this is a concept that children need to learn, which is about thinking through how you think, kind of metacognition, that we can bring down to a level that a toddler teacher can understand. Now, many people think this is not, it's not some of the concepts that you mentioned, you know, how to be a generous person, how to, how to be altruistic. But for a toddler, I need to understand how I think and how I make decisions about the future, about things that I do. And so that sets me up for positive brain development, for being able to make decisions about harder things in the future. Got it. Because so a a teacher who's not aware of this might say, okay, children, close your cups. And they're like, what? Yes. I see. Okay. Very interesting. That, that helps so much. And the kinds of things that you just like, I wasn't thinking about how important it is to read to kids before they go to preschool or whatever. And I would never think about explaining the concept of open and close to a toddler. It's really, it's really about, about, you know, spending a lot of your time talking to children, but not just talk, 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 just to hear your your head rattle, but really talking about what you're doing, what's happening around them, because they're developing concepts about everything that's going on around them all the time. They're developing a concept of relationships between other people by how gently or quickly or roughly you change their diaper. They are developing a concept of how people interact with other people. So these are very, very critically important times in development for long-term success as an adult. My guest today is Dr. Susan Patrick. She is Director of Childhood Success at the United Way of Southwest Virginia, and she's just been explaining to us how her team works with teachers and helps them with how to how to teach and how to how to uh, get better results from children in ways that they might not think about without a little support. You mentioned Susan that that you work with people in licensed childcare situations and Head Start and teachers in those situations. Let's talk just a little bit more about childcare in general because I understand that having licensed child care or quality child care is a serious issue in this region. Nationwide, child care is in a crisis. And we have been in a crisis in the child care field for years. It's just that the pandemic really brought to light what kind of critical situation we are in. When people suddenly had to care for their children at home, they discovered the value of having someone else stable and reliable to care for their children. In particular, I think we saw this even more so when people started to go back to work and childcare centers weren't open yet. So people suddenly needed to return to work and couldn't because there was no childcare available. Now, this has been a problem for a long time. As a matter of fact, in rural rural regions like where we live, it's even more of a problem than it is in other places. So the state of Virginia has um, like an 11% gap between the number of child care center slots or spaces that are available for children and the number of children that are in that region. In the rural regions, we could be at 29%. Um, we could 
We could be in a county that has literally no licensed childcare anywhere within this region around the Southwest. Um, you know, we have several localities where there is no licensed childcare in the whole county. So this is a real problem because people need to work. Um, so this is an economic development problem. It's a problem for um, encouraging new employers to come to a region because one of the first things our friends at economic development tell us is when I have a new employer that's looking at my area, one of the first things they say is what supports do you have for families? Well, childcare is a support that families need to be able to work. We've kind of tackled some of the problems in our region as far as building up a, a strong workforce. We've gotten a lot of workforce initiatives over the last few years, have trained a lot of people um, to have very specific skills for different manufacturing and things like that that might come to our area. But what we haven't done is build up that childcare supply so that new families coming into the region and in particular young families coming into the region or wanting to stay in the region will have access to that high quality care. So this is another piece that we work a lot on here through United Way of Southwest Virginia. It's one of our four major pieces of our strategic plan, which is to educate and engage different people across the region that may or may not think childcare applies to them or early education applies to them and to make sure everyone has equitable access to good programs in their area. So this um, continued struggle of childcare centers to stay open, they're very underfunded. There is no, um, historically, they are, there's no subsidy um, that goes into them for um, running their programs. So they run their programs off of parent tuition. So they can only charge what a parent can bear, what the cost that a parent can bear. In our region, that's about 25% of the average income of a family. So if you think about giving 25% of your paycheck to someone to care for your children, it becomes a little bit less appealing to go back to work. We are really struggling in, um, you know, just nationally to get that number down to about 7%, but it's going to take some funding from local, state, federal governments to help with that. We have a lot of initiatives that are coming down right now. Um, the mixed delivery project is very well funded through the state of Virginia. The preschool development project um, that enhances quality that's very well funded right now in the state of Virginia. And a lot of attention is being put on these initiatives to try to make it more accessible for families to um, get that early care in those very important developmental years. Susan, can you put a dollar amount on that to help us sure. understand what would be a typical cost for a child in child care? So recently, the Virginia Early Childhood Foundation did um, do a cost projection model of what the actual cost of care for a young infant would be. And they have that at a little over $21,000 per year, actual cost. You, whoa, whoa, whoa. You mean that's what a parent would have to pay? That is not what a parent can pay because that's not what the market will bear. That's the actual cost to the provider of providing that program for the child, potential cost. 
what they actually can charge a parent is usually 12,000 or less. If they're getting 12,000 in our part of the region, they're probably one of the highest paid providers for infant care in our region. What is it that gosh, minimum a minimum wage job, I had that information. Is that like is it, it's like $18,000 or something, right? Yes. So you why go to work? Exactly. Exactly. And that's why we need these kinds of initiatives. So the governor um, and also both House and Senate uh, representatives have really shown their faith in projects like the Mixed Delivery Project by making it a priority. It has um, a lot of momentum right now, and we think that we'll see some expansion this year uh, when we get a state-approved budget. Currently, the state of Virginia is served by about $26 million um, that is dedicated to a project called Mixed Delivery. This is publicly funded preschool slots and infant-toddler slots that are offered in private childcare centers. So they these are opportunities to stabilize childcare providers because they are running on a razor's razor thin margin at all times to stabilize those providers to give um, increased funding, which will help to raise salaries of teachers who historically have been underpaid and historically are women to help uh, improve the quality. So all of these projects around mixed delivery. Currently, right now, still holding out on the state budget, there's about $40 million of expansion in addition to the $26 million we already have in the budget for mixed delivery. So we're hoping to see some significant expansion in the new year. You're convincing me of the need. Is there anything local government can do? Yeah, so we've been talking to a lot of our um, local government officials. Um, matter of fact, I was right before I got on the call with you um, working to arrange some um, meetings with local officials um, about this to say there are some things you can do. There are people out here who, do, who want to do this work. They want to have a family day home. They want to have um, open a center and serve children. But it is difficult to get funding to start up these projects. Local governments received funding um, through the ARPA project that can be used for childcare. It's specifically earmarked as one of the things that they can use that funding for. So, uh, for example, in, in the Blacksburg area, they used some ARPA funding um, to fund a project that is really dedicated to increasing teacher salaries for early care in the Blacksburg area. So this is happening in other parts of our region. And now we're starting to talk to other local governments about, hey, the if you have funding available and you need to know how to spend it on childcare, United Way of Southwest Virginia can help you uh, by bringing together your partners, by finding out what the what the true need is in your region, and then by um, really helping people think through what their options are about how to use that funding. Susan, remind me what ARPA is. I think that was a federal program, but I'm not sure. It is the American Rescue Plan Act, A-R-P-A. Was that related to COVID? It was. 
Okay, so that was the federal program related to COVID to try to help local issues and just the kind of thing you're talking about. It has to do with COVID and things that changed and how do we fix the problem? It was really intended to help to build, rebuild the infrastructure that may have been lost um, during the time of the pandemic. So um, getting people back to work, a lot of Wi-Fi expansion, any public works that might have um, needed to be updated, and childcare was actually part of that as well. And I'm sure there were lots of other things, but those are the And you're I- saying to local government officials, if you have access to some of this money, put some of it toward childcare because your economic development efforts and everything else are going to be flimsy at best unless you're undergirded by support for families with children. And you gave that figure about $12,000 in some cases, the charge for one child. And what if you have more than one? Well, and and think about that from a business perspective too, as me as the childcare provider, if it really costs me $21,000 to care for that child, and I'm only receiving $12,000 to care for that child, what am, why am I doing this work? <laughs> so, and from the perspective of, um, a caregiver in the classroom, my director or owner of my center is only receiving $12,000 for me to care for this child. It really costs her 21. So she's going to pay me the least amount that she could get by with and also not provide me any benefits. So no retirement, no health insurance, um, no other kind of benefits. And so this is like a cycle that's been going on my whole career, I've been in this field for 30 years and my whole career, this has been the cycle. And so it's time to break that. And to break that, we really have to relook at the entire system around childcare. And Virginia is doing a fabulous job of that right now, really looking at what does it really cost and what is it going to take of the investment from this, the state and from local government to really make this work. After listening to you for the last few minutes, I'm ready to throw up my hands, but I'm glad you're in there uh, doing the work and wish you the very best. We have just like a minute left, Dr. Susan Patrick of United Way, Director of Childhood Success. What brought you to this field? Well, a lot of things bring you to the field of early childhood, but like many, I was a very young mom and um, wanted to work, but didn't really have any skills. And so I started in working in a childcare center and from there grew and learned and went on to get an associate's degree in education from Southwest Community College, moved on later to get a bachelor's degree, master's degree, PhD from University of Oklahoma, and really have just dedicated my whole life to not just understanding how children learn and why these early years are so important, but also to creating systems that support children and families. Because I know that, as I said earlier, children don't grow up in a vacuum and everything around them influences their development. So you have to bring the whole system up to bring the child up. Well, congratulations to you for being on the job. We wish you the very best. We thank you for being with us today. We're a little bit short today because we have to have time to remind people that this is fundraising week for WEHC, our local non-commercial station. And we hope that people might consider making a contribution if they've enjoyed hearing this kind of topic and other local issues that we address on this radio station You can call 276-944-6593 to make a contribution. Again, that number is 276-944-6593.
1-800-242-6593, or go to the website. The website is wehcfm.com. And while you're at that website, you can make a contribution. You can also click on the podcast site. If you would like to rehear this interview, if you didn't hear it all and want to catch it all, go to that podcast site at wehcfm.com. Thank you once again, Dr. Susan Patrick. Thanks for the listeners. Please consider making a contribution, 944-6593 or wehcfm.com. In the meantime, we'll be here with this same show, this same time on this same station next week. Thanks again, Susan. See you next time, everybody. Okay.